you're listening to one of the Wellness Couch podcasts, obviously you're interested in health and nutrition and probably want to know more. My good friend Sunil Mera from Up for a Chat and the Functional Nutritional Academy presents to you the Intro to Nutrition course. This 10-week introductory program is the perfect kickstarter to help you gain knowledge and get empowered and develop a healthy relationship with food. To find out more, to get access to one of the world's leader in nutrition, go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind with your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. Welcome to Inside Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in pursuit of being world class in life, love, and legacy. We're your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. Well, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I started a new project. We've been to the Barossa Valley and uh, with my coaching group. It's been fun. It's been a fun couple of weeks and we're back to reality. We are. Let's talk about your project a little bit because this is putting the family under a microscope. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I had this idea, right? I had this idea uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, actually, literally a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it came to me and I go, well, you know what? I someone encouraged me that I should do a blog, a vlog, sorry, a vlog. So a vlog is a video log or a video blog, I guess, uh, of, um, you know, of just videos. And I thought, well, to challenge myself, I thought, well, my life's not that interesting, but maybe I just start with one. And that started off a momentum of going, well, if I'd done one, I should do two. Cause one is just, you know, just, it's not good enough. And so I did decide to do two and then three. And then it ended up being like a daily vlog now for <laughs> during the week. So I, I decided not to do weekends. I decided to do weekdays. My goal was to get two to three a week. And now it's been two weeks in and I've done one a day. That's crazy because not only are you filming this, you're doing your day-to-day work. And then on top of that, you're having to find the time now to edit these videos Add in music, add in movie snippets. Like it's like a little epic movie. Seriously, sometimes what you're doing here. And I think they're about what, three to five minutes. But how long does that take you to do three to five minutes? Because it's certainly not three to five minutes worth of editing. Oh, no, it touched me that the first, I think the first two episodes took me about three to four hours at least to edit that just one episode. And, uh, but the goal was I know that I knew that it would take me a long time at the beginning. Like it's, it's just something that I knew was going to take me a long time. And people would think, well, that's just crazy. Like, you know, that's just a lot of everybody I've talking to, like, that's just a lot of edit. Most people think I've outsourced it. Most people think I've just given it to my team and then they edit it. Well, I, the truth is, is that I've done everything myself. All the footage is done by my, by me. Um, I've done it with, and also, and, and, and some, uh, some people have stolen the camera and uh-huh. uh, film. And so it's really just me or whoever's around me and who's taking some footage. And, but I do all the editing. And Ooh, by but the end why, of the day, why don't you outsource this to your team? Well, a couple of things is because the internet sucks here in Sydney. Like there's, by the time I actually upload the raw data, which is about probably about say two to three gigabytes of, uh, of video footage that would take, you know, for over here, it would probably take, I don't know, over eight hours, maybe even 10 hours just to upload somewhere. Then the team would actually have to download, right. And then edit. And then plus, I don't think it's that. 
No, no, I don't think. I think you just want to have the creativity. You, you like the idea of being a filmmaker. I think that's what it is. Okay, the truth comes out. I want to be Quentin Tarantino right now. <laughs> no, I, I, no, there is a part of that. But so, yes. well, logistically, the logistically, it's it's actually a nightmare. Um, but also too, then I I lose out on the creativity of actually creating the film because they would have someone else would do it, and then it's their direction or their production of the film. And for me, it's like I get to do it, which is I think it's a. Uh, fun thing you're right yeah There's you enjoy great- it you enjoy bringing me down to show me the fi- final project to see if i've um, if i laugh where you put funny things in well that's the hard part too you got to go through your filter i remember the first uh two three i would say first three videos i shredded you 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 just go oh, this, you. <laughs> so uh, here's my final product and you go that sucks and i'm like what i literally spent four hours on this and now it sucks you go you gotta cut this out this out and i'm like oh my god and then then another two hours onwards on top of that so it did take a long time but the goal is i knew like this is like anything else in life right i knew that when you start something it's going to take you a while but that's not where like i'm not going to make the three four hour if i had to make three four hours a day to edit that's impossible i know i can sustain that my goal was to kind of get it down to can i get it down to 90 minutes or less you know 90 60 to 90 minutes and eventually you know the last couple of videos only took me about an hour maybe you know 75 minutes to actually edit so which is pretty good i'm getting better at it now is the video is getting better or not i don't know but i also got to make sure i can be able to sustain this right so the goal is not i'm, I'm not trying to I don't know how long it's going to last. It's yeah. just an experiment. It's just a fun project. I'm not doing it for anybody else. Well, but you're doing me. it. You're doing it for creativity. Like yeah. when you started this, we had a lot of stuff going on. We were heading off to Barasa. We got to film Adelaide. We got to film Flying. Um, there's been things, events after events. Yeah. Now you're coming up to about two weeks of not a lot happening. There's not a lot happening um, in April. Not, not, well, not as exciting. So um, it'll be interesting to see creativity. Um, yeah, well, I have to you, force creativity out of myself. What are you going to come up yeah. with? Well, the, so it's interesting. This is what we're going to talk about is that this project has created... So you can find out the project. You can go on my Facebook page. If you, um, I don't actually have a fan page per se. Um, it's just go to facebook.com forward slash Lawrence Tam. Um, that's my personal Facebook page. You can kind of watch the episodes there. But if you really want to do watch in high quality, which I really highly suggest, um, if you go to the YouTube channel, uh, Drive Your Practice YouTube channel, which is my company, um, that's where I'm putting them on. It's actually under the LT experience. Um, that's uh, that's where we, you can watch some of those. I'm uploading them one at a time. It's I know we have 10, 10 or so in. I don't think I only got like three or four up there so far just because it, it takes well, one a night to upload. So. so And it's a little bit a little bit of um, the family. There's, there's always yeah. little funny things in there. There's also so a couple of, I don't know, about two, three minutes of you giving some really in, something insightful, something people can take away that day and implement in their life. And this is for business people and also non-business people. I think it um, can be used across the board by anyone. But one of the things that is kind of what brought us into the talk today was the talking about rituals. Mm-hmm. Because your first few ones start off showing you working out at 5.30 every morning. Even yeah. when we're in Barossa, you were up and out the door crazy time. Yeah. Early in the morning. Yep. yep. I like to think my ritual is lying in bed. Yeah. Sleep, like, sleep, sleep like a princess. Yep. Can that be a ritual for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's true. Like it's so, there's so many things that we do in our lives that are, are ritualistic. And so, you know, some people think that they have no rituals in their lives, but I would suggest that I would make the suggestion that if you actually evaluate your life, you actually do have rituals. You probably don't even realize you actually have it. Well, are rituals the same as habits? Well, do you think? I, I think rituals, you know, maybe it's a, you know, the grammatic, you know, maybe it's a definition thing, but I think rituals become habits. Like you built in a ritual to create habits and those habits though, that you actually have are either conscious or unconscious. 
which means that you've either done it with purpose and thought behind it, or you've just done it because that's always how you've always done it. Right. And so I think in, as an adult, we should evaluate. And I, this is for me too. I have habits. We all have habits by the way. So here's, let let me clarify that. So habit would be something that we would do without spending a lot of mental energy. We just get used to doing it. Would you agree? Driving would be a habit. If you drive the same route to work or to school every day, sometimes you get there and you don't even remember driving there because it's become such a habit. Yes, exactly. Like even driving a a, a stick, right. Or a manual car, like you just don't think about doing it. But remember the first time we first come to Australia here and they try and try to mind your car is like almost, you know, it was impossible. impossible driving on the other side of the road and doing that. Right, <laughs> was exactly. A bit, that's and, a bit hard. And, so, so they're they're ones that reduce the mental energy. But I think um, no. But there's also there's also habits that you don't even think about. Like think about this for um, you know what side of, what hand do you brush your teeth with? Wouldn't that be which one your dominant hand? Right. Is? Okay. Well, which which is for you? Right. Right. Where do you start? Always. Every single time you I brush your like, teeth. I feel like you're picking on me. No, I'm, I'm, you're the only person I'm actually able to talk to. I can't talk to the listeners because they can't respond. But you but, know, I'm a, like a highly organized person that does things exactly the same way every time. No, every time I, we go to the same pizza restaurant, I order the same food. Like I am not. No, but I guarantee you, anybody <laughs> listening to right now, like you just think about this. Where do you start? You're brushing your teeth. Like what side? Right, top or bottom? Yes. Left or right? Center, left, right. Right. It's, it's always like for me, it's always top left. That's where I start brushing teeth. Okay. So here's another thing. When you go in the shower, when you grab the soap, do you grab with the left hand or the right hand? What part of the body do you start, you know, with the soap or do you, when you come out of the shower, right? What part of your body do you dry, dry first? Do you dry your hair first? Do you dry your, you know, back first? What do you dry? We all have habits. They're all built in and most people forget that they've actually started this habit. They don't even realize it's a habit. I'm laughing right now because I've realized I'm teaching the kids my habits because when Kaya gets in the shower, I'm like, this is how you have to do it. You yes. have to wash your hair first with shampoo, then conditioner, then wash the rest of your body, leave the conditioner and t-. she's like, daddy doesn't do it that way. And I was like, daddy doesn't do it right. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't know this. Right. So now 20 years later, she's going to go like, why do I actually do this? Oh my God, it's my mother who then my grandmother, Nana taught me to. Like that's exactly what happens. So that means by unconscious, yes. they are building these habits without knowing um, why that happens. Now it may be right, it may be wrong. I'm almost suggesting is that for us in, in our daily life, we should look at those rituals. Now, why is that so important? Let's talk about the why first. Well, but, but rituals then, I think what you're saying is habits become rituals because I think then rituals are, from what I understand on rituals, it gives us that certainty in an uncertain world. It's something that we do repetitively. I think rituals, my, my definition, I would say rituals create habits, right? Rituals is something you create like a structural, um, uh, you know, way of doing things, which then becomes a habit, which means that you do it, un, you know, unconsciously. Because un- if you look at sports guys, yeah. they, some of them have rituals that they do and, but they only do that during game time. They only do that at a certain period of time. It's not something they do all the time. Mm-hmm. We could even talk about you right now. Sure. Do you remember when you were at university, you had a ritual before every exam? No. You did. You would always wear your San Francisco 49ers boxers. What? Every time before you wrote an exam. I do not you, remember before, that. No, you did. Every time before you had to go write an exam, you'd put on your lucky boxers 
and then you would go and write your exam. I did not. Really? Yeah. No, you did that. So, but the rest of the time. That's like you just, 20 years ago. Oh, I have a good memory. It's like a vault. It's locked, <laughs> it's locked in there, in, Lawrence. It's and it's come in. out after but 20 you know, years. But if you're saying that's a habit, that would be something you would wear those boxers. No, that was a ritual that became a habit. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't wear them every single day because one, that would just be gross. But, yeah. <laughs> or you have 10,000 pairs of the same underwear, but you had your lucky underwear, but you would only bring those out specifically. That would have been terrible if I had, ex- <laughs> which I've had exams every single day for two weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, I don't even go there. Um, but yeah, you would bring, how, you did would, you, how did you continue dating me? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm still just a little bit confused on the habits and rituals because habits to me are things I do every day. Like, as you say, brushing the teeth, cleaning the house, getting the kids ready for school, but I wouldn't necessarily say that was a ritual okay. for me. So I think, all right, let's, let's not Am get I, hung up on the I, words. Right, okay. I'm I think sorry. we're getting hung up on the words. I think, okay, okay fine. Why, why don't we define it as this? This is the inside champions mind definition is that <laughs> rituals is, is conscious effort to create something or structure in your life to form a habit. Okay. A habit may be unconscious or conscious that you've done on a regular basis. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up here. It doesn't really matter. That's the, my definition for it. But the thing is rituals are so important. Why is it so important? It's rituals are so important because um, you get to define your life. If you want to define the life that you want to live, you need to create that. Um, oftentimes a, a lot of people, I would say not people listening to this call because I mean, listening to this particular recording simply because most of you are obviously interested in learning about mindset and and how it applies to your daily life. What, what happens though, most people in this world, if you look around, are living unconsciously, which means that they just go on with their daily lives doing their thing without really conscious effort or trying to create something, right? They're, they're doing it because they have to go to work, they have to do this. So they're not really consciously creating um, anything that's that, that might be uh, impacting or um, to better their lives, right? A lot of people don't think about that. But those of you listening to this podcast obviously have that desire. And so one of the things that if you do want to create that, then it's about consciously evaluating first about is the habits that you actually have serving you or is it actually disturbing you? And sometimes the habits may not even, it doesn't really affect you. So like where you hold the soap does not really affect your daily life, right? You know, how you shower or how you shower, that does not affect your day. I'm talking about the habits though that can you can implement into your life that will enhance your life for the better or looking at habits that actually are creating um, well, that maybe that disengagement ser- well, yeah. not, doesn't serve Do you as serve well, you? right? So there's a lot of habits that don't serve you as well. Like, for example, uh, you know what? A, hab- a bad habit of mine is checking the email first thing in the morning. Right. Uh, I'm not, not going to disagree with you on that. Right. One, so that so. It's, 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 it's a bad habit to get into. Yeah. Right. So it's about retraining my brain. So I, like, I'm not saying I'm perfect here. So therefore there's tons of bad habits that I actually do that are, um, well, some people flick on the TV every time. As soon as they get up in the morning, the TV is running in the background. Exactly. Or you sh- switch on the news or you might decide to go, uh, watch, uh, you know, the, you know, read the newspaper or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like I'm not saying they're bad, but it, it's just like, is it serving you or not? And having that evaluation is very important because rituals then create the life. And the, you asked me before this show, he goes, why do you actually have rituals? The rituals, I, I'm not a very structured person. And most people are surprised by that. I well, think. that's what I was wondering, because I know there's some people that we're friends with that, um, I hate saying the word um, and I just realized I did. But there's some people that are... It's a bad habit. It is a bad habit. (laughs) I need to create a ritual around it. There are some people out there that are very free-flowing and creative and don't like regiment. And that perhaps they might see having habits or having rituals would be very constricting that it would prevent them that creativity, that ability to flow, the ability to just go with with whatever's happening. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that... 
that would prevent that creative process? No, I don't think so. I think, I think that like for me, I, I'm as a person, if you took an evaluation or assessment of me, I'm probably more free flowing rather than structured. Now, People see me as structures because they hear, you know, maybe listen to me or they see that I'm very structured and organized. But you know me more better than anybody else. I am the most disorganized person that you know, I'm sure. <laughs> like, just look at this room that we're recording in. It's, it's an organized mess. Um, but the thing is, for me, though, is that I need to create structure in my life because I knew I was so disorganized. I procrastinate. I'm so disorganized. I needed to create some structure or some ritual around me so that I could actually have the freedom that desire. So what I find is that the most people who actually want freedom actually have rituals, maybe not all, but I would say a lot of them actually have certain rituals so that they're strict on themselves for certain values or certain things that are important to them, like say working out or eating or maybe how to make decisions. And then so that they can actually allow them to have the freedom that they actually desire. Yep. So it's not having it all day, 24 seven. It might be just be something that they implement for a few hours in the morning or at the night that getting that stuff done and out the way mm-hmm. then allows them to have that spontaneity and flexibility. That's right. Their life. And I'm not, I'm talking about those people who are spontaneous, who are spontaneous. There's certain people who just love structure, who like plant, you Hello, know, 6am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're very regimented and you need to follow schedule and you don't like it when it doesn't, when people or things don't fall into your schedule. Well, that's when I think we can get to the downside of it because that can be stressful when you when like, you're regi- re- when you're too regimented, yeah, yeah, that you have to allow some unregimentedness. That's <laughs> a word I just made up. We're making, we're just making stuff up today as much as we no, want. But it's Why true, not? Though, because it's like you, if, when you actually have, um, like certain amount of structure in your life, you can, it can cause detriment. So let's take sports, for example, oh, great. Um, because we, because you, you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, um, uh, superstitions in sports. Did you actually, when you played sport, when you were a kid mm-hmm. on high school, did you actually have any superstitious stuff that you actually did or created rituals that you, t- for, for you, uh, I'll let you think about it for me. Like one of the things I did was, you know, I held, when I played baseball, I held the bat a certain way. Like I would, you know, like the, where the label of the bat, um, would be facing a certain way. Um, I would actually have a ritual of how I tapped my cleats, uh, with the bat, you know, or I would make sure I would jump over the line uh, on the foul line before I got onto the thing. When I used to play hockey, I used to, um, tape my, my skates and my, my pads a certain way. You know, um, so there are certain, certain like superstitious rituals that I would actually do. Yeah. And when I was looking at that on the internet, it was saying that we tend to do these behaviors or we're more likely to do them when something is very important, um, when there's uncertainty and when things are beyond our control, that's when we really find comfort in doing this because it gives us that sense that we have things within our control. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure if I did it within sports. I was a ice skater, a figure skater. I to be honest, I think, but maybe they build rituals into ice skating that we do a lot of repetitive practicing before we actually do our jumps and our skating. And that kind of is a ritual in itself that you're warmed up and ready to go. Right. Well, let's, let's take Michael Jordan, for example, arguably the, one of the best base, basketball players has ever you know lived. Um, he always, you know, there's rumors that he wore his North Carolina Tar Heels shorts, champion shorts, uh, practice shorts underneath his NBA uniform. No, he played for North Carolina uh, when he went to university, won the national championship. And so he wore his practice shorts underneath his, um, his uh, uh, Chicago Bulls um, uh, shorts every, every game he played. Now, what's most interesting and in fact about that is that because he had to hide those shorts underneath, he actually started wearing longer shorts. 
And that started a trend in NBA players. If you remember back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, no, but back in the days in the 1980s, they all the basketball players wore short shorts, like shorty shorts. If you look at the NBA players now, like 30, year, 30 years later, they're all wearing long shorts. Like board right? shorts. They, they wear like board shorts style. And it, Michael Jordan is actually unconsciously actually created a trend just because he was hiding his you know north carolina um uh, practice shorts underneath now that's a ritual right that's a ritual that he believed that you know created and a lot of sports stars would have you know a lot of athletes even just like you know amateur ones will have created these sports but i remember when jeff spencer told me this story this is how um it can actually be detrimental to you so jeff spencer who was one of the first co-hosts of the Inside Champions Mind, the early episodes, the first 12 episodes. Jeff Spencer um, trained a lot of uh, mindset stuff for a lot of athletes, you know, over 50 athletes, I believe, you know, who won world championships. One, He was actually Olympian himself. I think it was 1976, I believe, or 1972. Uh, he was a cycling uh, um, uh, Olympian for the U.S. Olympic team. And when he was going through, when he was, when he was riding – uh, in the world championship, I'm uh, sorry, the, the United States uh, time trials for the Olympic trials, the guy he was competing against, who was far better than him, far better than him, he fully admits that, um, didn't have, just before the race, he didn't have his water bottle, like his lucky water bottle on the race. Did Jeff right? have it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jeff had it. Who knows? That story never came out. Yeah. But the guy was so, like, just got totally unwound because he didn't have the one thing that he felt was going to give him the edge, which is through his game because it was a ritual for him. Total mind game. Right. And because he didn't have that, he actually didn't make it. And Jeff made it into the Olympics representing the United States. And see, so that can be such a downfall when you put so much emphasis on one particular item, like this is being, you know, superstitious versus, you know, like rituals, but you, you put so much, you know, too much restriction on it, what you're saying and not be flexible enough. And that actually cost him, you know, his, I don't know, his career or, you know, Olympic. So really it's a fine line. It's like with food. If you eat too much of one thing or too little of another thing or anything to abundance or to excess is not healthy for us. And I guess it's the same too as what we're getting with, with habits and rituals is that being aware if it's conscious or unconscious, is it serving you? Is it not? Is it too extreme that it's detrimental to you? Yeah, there's like, there's a, that's exactly right. So like, for example, like I'm, you know, ritualistic right now. It's at 5.30 in the morning. I get up and go work out. Now, do I do it every day? No, I have rest days, but that's my time. And it throws me off a little. Like it throws me off my little game when I don't work out. However, though, it doesn't like mess my head in if I don't go work out, right? But so it's about finding a ritual that actually creates a habit so that you can get into a routine so that I don't have to worry about working out. It's just a routine. I know that, see, the thing is, right? Most people don't realize I don't enjoy working out. I actually really dislike it. I need someone to kind of give me the edge to help me do that. So therefore I created that ritual so that it almost hacks that part of my, my, um, procrastination to go work out. You know, this about me, if I had to wait until like nine 30 to go work out, I would say 75% of chance I would maybe do it. And then the other 25% I would just, you know, won't. Yeah. This is when I work out, but if I get to 10, 11 o'clock, it's that's it. It's not e- happening. Exactly. So I had to hack that by going really early in the morning. So it doesn't disrupt family time. Cause by the time I come back, you know, the kids and you guys are just getting up and you guys are, you know, we can actually have breakfast together. So it doesn't cut into that time. Now, the other thing too, as well, like if you look at our kids, Kids have rituals as well. I mean, that's what school is, right? School is actually creating a ritual to kind of be at school in a certain time and, and you know, to have structured. And it's very structured. I remember once going structured. into Kaya's classroom and they had up on, on the board, they had lots of Velcroed little 
pieces of paper, but it structured out the day. Like basic, and as they did each item, each task was completed, had morning tea, they did their letters, they read their book, that came off. And, uh, you know, as looking at the internet again, looking at daycare centers, they use a lot of the same structuring as well. But the main reason that they do this, it's not to turn them into little zombies. I'm well, sure, school is. I'm sure, school I'm sure is. it helps the teachers somewhat if they know, but children knowing what's going to happen, what's coming next makes it easier for them because think about it. It's a big world. There's a lot of uncertainty, especially for little kids, when they go to these larger schools with people they don't know, a lot of bigger kids. It gives them that certainty that they know what to expect for the day. And knowing what to expect allows them to better engage and participate in what's happening because they don't need to worry about, oh my gosh, what's happening next? They know, okay, next is lunch. So I can spend another five, 10 minutes going really hard reading right now or working because I know what's happening Mm. next. I thought that's interesting that having those goals and knowing what's happening allows them to better engage. Mm. Well, I think it's it's important. I think, but there's also a downside to that too, as well as when you create too much structure, um, you, you get to actually start to see kids get stressed about that. It's finding the balance, as we're saying again, because they're saying as well, it's important to have that structure, but there's also important to have unstructured time so that they know, okay, when it gets to the afternoon, this is golden time. We get to have fun and do something for an hour or however long it is. They know that that's coming and during that time, they can freely do what they need to do. Mm. But it's also important to have times that they know transitioning when transition time is, and that could be packing away toys. It could be washing your hands before lunch. This signals to the children that something next is happening. We're moving on from this and moving on to something else. And they find they have less temper tantrums with children, that children cooperate more when they know what's happening. They know we're in transition time. And I find that's something we've always done with the kids. Like I've always said at the playground, five more minutes. You know, what's interesting. I think it's almost like a finding a balance between the two, right? So it's almost like I said earlier that, you know, I'm very unstructured and, and I'm, I'm very structured. You're so very together. structured. So together we work really well, but that's, <laughs> well, and also we don't work well, but yeah. that's why, because like Karen really creates structure in my life and I create flexibility in your life in a way. So I think also, I think really when it comes to kids, this is a purely personal, um, personal, uh, thought here is that certain kids may need more structure because they're so free, like in the sense of they have a little bit of structure in their life. So it actually gets them to, to, to enjoy them or versus that if someone who's already, if not actually not forget about kids and even adults, like if they're, if someone who's really already structured, they're already like their brain is wired that way, which means they're wired for structure maybe is to add flexibility in their life just to make sure they break up some of that pattern because you know that that's your strength. If you, you, if you're listening to this, like Karen's very structured. So she doesn't need to work very hard at creating structure in her life because she naturally just does it. And so one of the challenges like, you know, that I would always throw out her is to kind of go, let's, let's be a little bit more flexible and see how well you can do that because it's about adding that little flexible. For me, it's the opposite, right? I'm almost, if you just let you know, have no structure in my life, I would just be free and clear. And so therefore I need structure. That's funny. It's interesting you say that though, because on the weekends are the days that I don't like structure. I'm, Mm, I'm very structured during the week. I get a lot done on the weekends. It's just like, let's go with, if we want to stay at home all day in our pajamas and just go with the flow, what we feel, but that's hard for you because on the weekends, it seems to be, that's when you want to throw structure in. And I'm like, stop it. It's because you don't actually have any structure. So therefore I have to carry structure. It's funny. It's a balance of the universe. It is. It's funny how we work well, uh, well, we work together that way is because when, when, yeah, exactly. That is so true. Um, when you don't step into your role of structure, 
it's almost like I need to step up into my role of structure. Like, let's get, you know, for, organize this weekend and figure out what to do. And you're like, I don't want to do anything. You know, the kids and I are in bed going, no, we're not getting out. We're just, <laughs> we're lying in bed all day because we can. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a weird thing, but yeah, no, I, I do agree. But I think the important thing is, is having these habits and, you know, having these rituals that create habits, these habits is what creates success. And by identifying what habits, if you want to be successful, so if we're going to work backwards, if you want to be successful in any area of your life is to kind of go, what are the habits that you need to embrace so that you can actually be successful and be that person. And so then looking at those habits and work backwards again and going, what are some of the rituals that I need to install into my daily life or weekly life so that I can actually build it in so that these habits actually are formed, ingrained, it becomes unconscious, competent, uh, unconscious Competence, competence, yes, and unconscious competence, yeah. but not because, obsessive compulsive disorder. Where no, it's exactly. becoming no, exactly. to, the, to the extreme. But it's it's so important to have that like thinking backwards because you're not going to be able to implement twelve rituals in one day. Like you, it's it's not that it's impossible, but I think you'll be overwhelmed. So my my recommendation for this is to start with one. Pick one, six, six, look at an area of your life where you want to be successful, then pick one habit, like one habit you want to install that you know it's going to make a massive difference. It's going to 10x your success in that area, whether it be your relationships, whether it be your health, whether it be your, you know, your business, whatever that is, and then create the ritual to make sure you install that habit. Now, they say that, you know, some people say it's 21 days. Some people say it's 30 days. To be honest with you, there there is no... Um, exact number. Wait, what are you talking about numbers? How many days you have to do something before it becomes a habit? We become, Let's yes, clarify sorry. that. Thank you very much. So yes, most some people say you have to do something for 30 days in a row or 21 days in a row. The actual fact is that it takes minimum, I believe 45 to 60 days to actually form a habit. Now, some people can do a ritual for about 21 days and create a habit, but some people might take, you know, 30 days. Some people will take 45. So it my suggestion is when the researcher said that, so therefore what you want to do is just do it long enough. Do it long enough, 45 to 60 days and until the habit is built in because it depends on what your skill set were and your experience were prior to um, for that particular habit. Would you suggest for the first one be something enjoyable so that you're setting up the framework for success versus doing something that's not really enjoyable and then not being perhaps successful with it and then saying, ah. Oh. Um, I don't think it's necessarily have to be enjoyable, but you, I think your why has to be strong enough. So, okay. Why has the, to the be why strong has enough. strong. That's why I suggest you go from the success principle, which is first is going, what, what one area do you want to be successful at and pick that one thing and then going, okay, what's one habit I could do or that I need to install in my, my, my daily life or routine that will actually get me closer to that, to be successful in that so area. So that drive, that passion, that's going to sustain you to keep yes. doing that ritual to work towards that's right. it as a habit. So when we first moved here two years ago, when we started, you know, when I started working out at five thirty in the morning, that wasn't enjoyable. Like it, it still is not that enjoyable to be honest with you, but I know the feeling at the end of the day was was what I'm craving for. And that took me, I would say it probably took me three months before I got used to getting up early in the morning. Three months. It took quite some time. Well, all I can say is I'm glad it's you and not me <laughs> because I would not be doing that one. I'm but we're done. Up. We're done. It's 30 minutes. 30 minutes. See, this, this is, well, okay. Think about the podcast, right? Yes. The podcast itself is a ritual in a sense, right? Every two weeks, Inside Champions get recorded. Every week, Wellness Guys get recorded. We've been doing this for I've been doing this for what five and a half years now. You know, we just hit the 300 episode of the Wellness Guys, or coming up. So, 
and we just recorded that and we're on episode 119 for, for um, Inside Champions. Right? These are rituals and having that expectation in yourself and placing it, it almost forces you to actually create it. These vlogs that I'm creating, it's like the expectation of myself on my on myself to create something, you know, insightful, hopefully something entertaining as well. So it's creating these habits and rituals is very important in your life and they can work as long as you create something that has some, some sort of accountability but also allows you to have fun and enjoy it as well. Can I just totally change topic right now? Because I was looking at our listeners. Listeners, if you're listening, most of our people come from Australia, but the second highest listeners that we have are from America. Oh, wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't. No. So shout out to Americans who are listening to us. That's really awesome. We are actually coming to America. We are coming to California in about, what, four weeks? Yeah, in May. Looking forward to it. So maybe we'll be able to even do some podcasting when we are over there. Might be. Might be. I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks uh, of, uh, I got a pretty, pretty busy schedule over there. And I imagine that's going to be on your vlog as well. So go and check out the vlog if you haven't had a chance to see it. Uh, it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty funny. It's pretty interesting. Maybe it's it's gotten better. We should, uh, we should definitely share them actually on the Inside Champions Mind uh, Facebook page. So people can go to YouTube and it's drive your practice, drive your practice on YouTube. Um, and, uh, you can go to, you see the high quality there, or you can go to facebook.com slash Lawrence Tam. Um, we'll share them on the Inside Champions Mind. We'll start sharing them on there too, as well. So that you can actually you could take a look, but you know, while you're on Facebook, please like it, uh, share this podcast with, you know, all the list, other people that you think will get, you know, some sort of benefit from the, um, from the um, mindset perspective. And on the, on the share podcast, we'd love for you to actually maybe teach a friend, you know, maybe make it a habit to teach a friend on how to, to listen to a podcast, not necessarily ours, but anybody's podcast. I think podcasting is a way to go here in terms of learning. And it's a great way to share it with someone who doesn't actually know how to even get a podcast onto their phone. So that was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for someone who doesn't know how to do it and yet now doing a podcast, this is awesome. So guys, um, also go to iTunes, please. If you can go to iTunes, subscribe to us there, um, make sure you comment. That would be great. And that will also help us uh, spread the message as, as well. So this has been Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in life, love, and legacy. By the way, that's a ritual. You know, how I start the show and end the show. Just saying. I was just wondering, when do I get to say it? Yeah. But that's okay. I just broke up your ritual. Go. <laughs> this is Lauren Sam. And Karen. See you on the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.